Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. So it's been 24 hours, and um, uh, I'm still on suicide watch. <laughs> I... I hate this Coastal Carolina football team. I really, truly do. This is uh, this is the worst that I've ever felt as a Coastal Carolina fan and media member ever. Uh, this is bringing back memories of the first season in FBS. This is a team that has talent and refuses to use it or utilize it or capitalize on it, however you want to put it, but um, just, just pathetic. I know that they were playing in a hostile environment. I know that Georgia Southern is pretty good, but Coastal Carolina's reign as the top of the Sun Belt East and the cream of the crop is over. And I'll be real honest, I don't know when that returns. We have to address the elephant in the room, and we will with Grayson McCall. But, oof, 28-38 to final score in a game that Coastal Carolina outgained its opponents, a game where Coastal Carolina had opportunities and blew them over and over and over and over again. I don't know that this team can ever get back to the form that we saw in the Rose Bowl, but even in that loss, this team had swag, had poise, looked like, a team that was going to walk itself into the Sunbelt championship game. And outside of that game against Duquesne, which Duquesne's terrible, not even just because they're an FCS team, they're terrible in their own division. We've looked like the worst team in every single game. Now we've won a couple of those, but I don't know that that really matters. It's hard to do these podcasts after Coastal Carolina loses, especially when they lose this badly to a team that we all really hate. Um, if you were going to do a hierarchy of Coastal Carolina's rivals, Appalachian State is in Tier 1 by themselves, and then Liberty and Georgia Southern are in Tier 2. And and I know that that Liberty rivalry is fading and you know, the memories of the Big South are fading with it, but those are the two teams that outside of Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina hates the most. And to lose to them and to lose in an embarrassing fashion is unacceptable. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Josh. I've had enough time here to start start the episode. Where are you at? I mean, this was just awful. 24 hours on, are you feeling any better or are you still not over it? No, especially with it, – it's one thing when you're, the talent doesn't line up with – the talent and the expectations match and the production and the talent match and all of that, but this is just not it. We have all the talent in the world, and this team continues to kill us, especially the ones who watch very closely – because they'll show flashes of this is what it looks like when it's perfect. And they'll show it multiple times a game. And then just as soon as they find that rhythm, 
they shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And I'm just going to go back to this. There's a period I think it explains the entire game perfectly. We go down. It's 7-7. Seven, seven. Both teams, we start fine. We're punting the ball. We had a good opening drive, great opening drive. Got Grayson involved in the run game, whatever. 7-7. Seven, seven. We get the ball. Eight minutes to go in the second quarter. Sam Pickney, 29-yard catch. Sam Pickney, 42-yard catch down to the one-yard line. Great. That's what we should be doing, taking shots downfield. Max Balthazar punches it in. Another something we're super excited about with this deep running back room. And C.J. Beasley couldn't go. Reese White couldn't go. Max Balthazar is that guy. Like, we can punch it in. That's great. All the things we talked about, that's what that drive was. Three-play score up 14-7. Then George Summon gets a touchdown. 12-play drive. It's fine. Whatever. We get the ball back. 3.45 to go. This is where the game turned for me. We march right down the field. We started our own 20. And within five plays, we're at the Georgia Southern 17-yard line. We go all the way down the field. A minute and a half to go in the second quarter, right before halftime. And Liam Gray misses a 34-yard field goal that would have put us up 17-14 to 14 at the half. To make it even worse, Georgia Southern got that ball back with a minute 18 at their own 20. Three and out. Defense steps up after just being back on the field and giving up a long touchdown drive. They bounce back. They get you the ball back at the CCU 36 with all your timeouts with a minute to go. Guess what? Braden Bennett, 15-yard pass. Grayson McCall, five-yard run. We get to the 44-yard line with a timeout. You got to get, like, Liam Gray's decent from 40 to 49. As bad as he's been everywhere else, you need, like, 15 yards. And Grayson McCall throws an interception. So you had two chances. You had a chance to go up 17-14, and you had a chance to go up 20-14, to or at least get that 17 back. And twice in a minute and a half, we shot ourselves in the foot. To me, that's where the game flipped, and potentially where the season probably flips as well. Well, and, and to make matters worse, Georgia Southern scores a touchdown after that. They had, like, no time left. You're right. And they yeah. scored with like eight seconds left before halftime. That minute and a half is why we are so frustrated over and over and over again with this team. This this is a team that has zero finish. Zero. They cannot finish a drive. They cannot finish a game. They cannot finish a half. They cannot finish a quarter. They cannot finish anything. They oh, and for that kickoff right after... The touchdown after all this disastrous stuff happens, um, yeah, it was the one that we let drop right get down at the the, the two yard line. It wasn't then, a safety by two inches, two inches, and then we have to go QB sneak to we avoided disaster. It could should have been what was it? It should have been twenty three fourteen going into halftime. Honestly, yeah, when thirty seconds ago it should have been fourteen seventeen fourteen coast. Yeah, yep. And I think that that's a, a symptom of what's happening with this team. This is a team that's lacking in confidence. This is a team that's lacking in control. And I know that they shot themselves in the foot a lot against UCLA and they couldn't finish against UCLA. I remember going into the the press room after that and asking Tim back a couple of questions along that line of like, hey, what happened? Like the red zone, we kicked a lot of field goals. We couldn't punch it in. And he was like, you know, we're working on it. Our red zone offense is going to get better. Our, our you know, opponent it, being in the opponent's half, we're going to be better and, and more controlled and, and be able to finish drives. And 
shit against a terrible Duquesne team, you did it. But against Jacksonville State, you messed it up and you didn't look good. Against Georgia State, you did mess it up and didn't look good. Against Georgia Southern, you messed it up and didn't look good. This is a team that can't finish. They can't do it. And, and I, I don't know where the problem lies in that, but before we dive deeper into the individuals that are the individual things that are happening, Mario, what was your initial takeaway from this game? That we're not getting a good bowl game. That's my initial takeaway. I'm at that game and I'm saying to myself, like, we're not playing like we're supposed to be. And look, y'all came late. So y'all don't know what it was like to be in that football environment when we were going six and eight. It feels like that because I'm seeing the same similarities. Sure, there's obviously different coaching staffs. Sure, we have different situations than we did back then, but it's the same It's the same song being sang. It's, we can't be clutch when it matters the most. We're always playing catch up. This stuff I was seeing, I was seeing, because I was a freshman and it was back when Bryce Carpenter and Fred Payton were sharing snaps at quarterback. It was always us trying to catch up. We would have good plays. And you predicted it in the uh, in the episode that, we were going to, there's going to be times where it seems like we, we get momentum and we just can't, and we just can't hold on to it. That's exactly what it was like back in 2019. And that is what I'm looking at right now is the fact that I've said it in the Georgia state episode. I, I said it multiple times. We are not clutch. We just give up momentum and look, y'all pointed to the offensive line. Yeah. They're not that great, but that's the anti-clutch. Exactly. But y'all were pointing to the offensive line. I was pointing to Liam Gray. You know, we, we mentioned um, we, we it seems like we were just trying to put blame on one specific thing. But here's the mistake that we made. It's not one specific thing. We got to stop saying that it's everybody. OK, I'm sorry. We talk about how great Grace McCall is. If you're a great player, we expect greatness out of you. OK, we don't expect Tom Brady to be good. We expect him to be great. We expect him to deliver when the time comes. And I'm sorry, Grace McCall is not doing that. It's time. If I got to be the devil's advocate, if I got to get all the hate messages, I don't care. Where's McCall? Step up. I'm saying that right now. Liam Gray, if you can't kick 30 yards, it's time for you to sit your ass on the bench. And it's time for somebody else to come. Offensive line, if you can't block, maybe it's time for a whole new starting five. I'm sorry, defense. If you can't stop third and 19, maybe it's time for you guys to switch some, switch some stuff up. And I'm trying real hard not to cuss here, okay? If our running game can't start running, and they're doing a little bit better, credit to them, they're improving. Okay, Sam Pickney had his 100 yards. Jared Brown had his 100 yards. But I'm going to be honest. It's useless because you can't capitalize when it matters the most. That's the truth. And I'm sorry, but we got to stop sugarcoating everything. We have to stop doing it. We got to stop. I'm sorry, but it's time for us to start putting some blame on the people that matter the most. Um, we love Timothy Beck. We call him Timothy. But you know what? He's not being Timothy. He's being Limothy. That's with an L because he's taking L's straight left and right. I'm sorry. You know what, Curtis, when you go to edit this video, keep every single word that I'm saying right now, because I'm sick and tired of us going two and three. I'm tired of this 2019 season replaying itself over and over again. It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to step up. It's time for Trickett. It's time for him to have a better offensive system. Okay. Navier, it's time for him to have a better defensive system. I don't even care if I mix them up. I do not care because everybody is to blame here. And like I said, are we just going to be good when we play teams like Duquesne and Jack State? I hope not. I hope that we can step up, but we're not doing that. We're not. We have opportunities and we just let them go. You, it, it's everybody. You win as a team, you lose as a team. And it's time for the fans. And you know what? We're going to blame the fans too. I don't care. We're going to blame everybody. The fans need to stop pointing at one specific thing. We win as a team, we lose as a team. So you know what? It's time for the fans to start putting the blame on everybody on this team. 
And it's time for the team to take full ownership of that. I don't care what you say in the press conferences. We're all hyped up about what Tim Beck is saying in the press conferences. You know what? Talk is real cheap. Okay? I can say a bunch of stuff on this podcast. But you know what? Don't matter if I sh- unless I show it. So it's time for you guys to step on that field and show it every single time in practice. I don't care what you got to do. Run suicides. I don't care what you got to do. Don't have a water break. But it's time for you. I don't care if it's extra film studies. I don't care if you got to go over Grace McCall's house for a sleepover. It is time for y'all to lock in and start winning and start holding yourselves to the standards that you're capable of. And I know what everybody can say. You know, where the media, we don't know how to play. Look, all I'm saying is this. I don't care what it is. You're going to get 100% out of me. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm giving you 100%. So it's time for y'all to start giving 100% and stop going half-ass on half these drives. That's all I got to say. Mario is like the most fair and the most like lenient in player and team-based like positive backing of all of us here and so if you know that you got a speech like that out of him then there are some real problems that's more concerning to me than even what i saw on the field on saturday night right and i'm not saying that i'm not saying they're doomed i'm not saying it's all over but i'm saying like what are you what are you what are you doing out there seriously like what are you doing you're not even you 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 go home and, and the energy's not there you go away and you, you there's nothing to fight for it's like they it's like they they don't fight for each other. It's like there's nothing to fight for in general. It just seems like it's a bunch of guys just playing for themselves. You know, it doesn't seem like nobody's for a team. And, and it's sad. It really it, it truly is sad because it just doesn't seem like there's like no chemistry on this team. And I'm not saying it can't improve. Obviously, we got another, let's see, we're two and three. We got another seven games to go, eight games to go potentially. Yeah, so Christ. you got time to straighten it out. But you know what? If you don't straighten out, it's gonna be a long season and you're gonna hear a this is a soap opera for me. I know Curtis wanted to avoid it, but you know what? You're going to get a lot more soap operas from him in the future. Jordan's very positive. I guarantee you when he comes back on this podcast, you're not going to see the positivity from him. Josh is being real fair to you. The thing about Josh is he gives you statistics to prove that you do suck. He's not saying you suck. He's giving you prayer numbers of statistics to prove that you suck. And you guys just continue to suck. You continue to prove his point. And you continue to prove that he sucks. But you know what, Curtis? You, I, I want y'all to make your points, and I want y'all to go to the stats that matter because that right there is where we're gonna have a field day. I mean, damn, it's hard to follow that up. But I, I think Mario nailed that. That this is a team that doesn't give a shit, and that's the most frustrating thing, right? You go back and you watch that UCLA game. That was a team that gave a shit. That was a team that wanted to go into the Rose Bowl and wanted to win that game and wanted to stamp their mark on this season and say, hey, we can beat a Power 5 team. And they lost. And they lost because of some stupid decisions from Grayson McCall. They lost because of just being overpowered by a Power 5 team, but they looked good in that game. And I wonder now if that game deflated them to the point where they cannot recover because they didn't look good against Jacksonville State and they won that game. They got... They, they were so lucky to win that game against a terrible team. They blew out Duquesne. They lost to Georgia State because they didn't give a shit. They lost to Georgia Southern because they didn't give a shit. And this is a team that is on the verge of finishing three and nine. Like you look at the rest of the schedule, and, and I know this is a little bit unfair, but at App State, I'm predicting a loss in our pregame episode. I'm going to go through every, every pregame episode right now. You don't even need to listen to them. You'll get my prediction right now. We lose to Appalachian State. Arkansas State is a toss-up, maybe a win, but you're coming off of three straight losses and you have to travel to Jonesboro. That's probably a loss, too. Marshall at home for homecoming. We don't ever win on homecoming, and Marshall's good. That's a loss. At Old Dominion, 
probably a win because Old Dominion's just ass, and you've got to win a couple of games. Texas State, that's a loss. At Army, that's a loss. James Madison, that's a loss. So you look at the rest of the season, and right now, as this team stands, as of today, I think they finish the season 3-9 and nine if they're lucky. And I think a lot of that rests on the shoulders of Grayson McCall, and I think a lot of that rests on the shoulders of this offense and how pitiful it's been. Yes, they've put up yards, but they can't finish. We'll go into our stats that matter, and then we'll go into Grayson and talking about all the things that are that are wrong there. But Mario, you had Davis Brin less than 60% completion percentage. That failed. Uh, you had two turnovers. That failed. He had none. Josh, you had JB14 at 120 yards plus. That failed. One touchdown. That failed. Jordan had Sam Pickney the third with two or more touchdowns. That failed. The only one that hit was mine, which is the weirdest one because we had more than three and a half yards per carry. We had two, we had 5.5 yards per carry in this game. And that just shows you that this offense was working. This offense was moving the ball until they got to Georgia Southern, like the Georgia Southern end of the field, and then it just died. Or it died when Grayson McCall threw four goddamn interceptions. It's the second time this season that Hayes had three or more in a game. This is a guy that coming into this season led the NCAA in history, all of it, going back to to Rutgers versus Princeton in the first game in 1845 or whenever the hell that was, in touchdown-to-interception ratio for a career. And that's gone. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if it's the offensive line that I wouldn't trust. You know, last week we said I wouldn't trust him to play against Conway High School's team. I wouldn't trust him to play against Conway High School's flag football team from third grade. Useless. All five of them. Don't give a shit. Sovon Lindsay, pitiful. Awful. Like, just a sad excuse for a tackle that we keep rolling out there because I guess we're scared to try anything else. Like, it reminds me of those... Like, we've been so critical of the offensive line for years. And we always put the blame on Bill Durkin for not being willing to try anything. Uh, It's a whole new coaching staff, and they keep rolling out the same useless sacks of shit every play. They They don't try. They don't give a shit. Will McDonald has always been useless and continues to be useless. Doesn't matter who they roll in at center. They're lucky if they get the snap off before a guy has blown past them and is in Grayson's face. I mean, the problems with this team are numerous. The problems with this team <laughs> are never-ending, it seems like. And I, I think the biggest one is, um, I don't know that Tim Beck was the right hire. I'm already at that point five games into his tenure. I don't think that he made the right choices in coming to Coastal. I don't think he made the right choices in this coaching staff. I don't think he made the right choices in his player personnel. And I don't think he made the right choices in trying to motivate and build a team culture. Mario hit the nail on the head. This is not a team that fights for each other. This is not a team that gives a shit. Grayson McCall throws four interceptions And not one player went up to Grace and said, hey, we got you. 
Not one player from the defense went up to him and said, doesn't matter, they're going three and out. Even if that did happen, nobody fucking said it. Nobody went up and said, hey, we've got you. Four interceptions is ungodfully unacceptable. But like, damn, like give a shit. Like it, it just, it seemed like the defense didn't care. The rest of the offense didn't care. It was like, oh, well, all right, well, now I guess I don't have to play anymore. This is awesome. I get to go to the sideline. Hell yeah. Useless, useless. And and again, I think this team finishes three and nine if they're lucky. That's where they're at. Josh, go ahead and add on to this. Yeah, you said it earlier, just with like the coaching thing. And, and you can say all you want about, oh, first year, whatever. You, you return the entire offense with a complete blueprint of how they work and how they can win you eight, nine games just because of their talent. I still believe that this is probably still the most talented offensive group in the entire Sunbelt East, especially like pound for pound talent wise, use them. And the, the, we just got this fan base to care. This year is the most care I've ever seen out of this fan base. Every home game, they show up, they're invested on Twitter. They're watching the games. Our viewership numbers are up. Everything is up. You had a foundation. Like, we, we understand that that not everything is going to be wheels up right away with a new coaching staff. But the whole point of the last three, four years and how good they were was building a foundation so that we never suck again, so that we're always like Georgia Southern. We're always like App State. We're always in the mix. Six and six is fine if you schedule some, some tough non-conference games, but if you're in that Sunbelt fight until November – it's fine. And if every year your floor is six and six and you string some things together to get there, it's fine. We just got this fan base to care. This fan base still does care. And with that comes criticism. And with that comes expectations. And with that comes inexcusability for what we saw on Saturday night and last Thursday night. And guess what? I don't care that we suck. The expectation still doesn't go away. You don't get off the hook now because we're 0-2 and the season's goals are, are changed or whatnot. No, we're looking at you just the same for, for next week. And the, the criticism is only going to get louder. The belief is only going to go down. And you're on the verge of losing this fan base right as you got them, right as they're backing you. Everybody's backing the new coach. Everybody's excited. We're going to be fine. I trust everything about it, right? And – we'll talk about it you have another another golden opportunity to get it back you beat your rival you right the ship whatever like the opportunities are plentiful you can't tell me that that tim beck hasn't gotten enough chances because he's regardless of what's happened last week he's gonna get another one all you gotta do is win that game it's like if you beat your rival you're right back in it so the expectations are there and they're not changing and do not lose this, this fan base just as soon as we got them. You got gold here. You said it yourself in, in your, your interview. We expect more from you. We have expectations. Now, now show us something as Mario always said, and we haven't seen that. Right. And we, and we talked about it even last year, you know, it doesn't matter if we're Oh, and five or five and Oh, when we play app state, it, it, it's always going to matter 
you know, and Josh said it, you have a chance to beat your rival and get it all. In a way, he's lucky that that's his next game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. He's lucky that the schedule was made the way it is and he can have a chance to redeem himself. You're going to get chances, like Josh said, and it's time for you to capitalize on those chances. It's time for you to go and beat App State for a second time in a row, which I don't think we've done ever. I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever done that. So it's time for you to at least make a little bit of history there and whatever matters of, of it. The other thing I'm noticing is this fan base cares. And this is one of the worst seasons we've had in four years. We were going 12 and 0 and they didn't care. They weren't showing up to the, to the, to the uh, Brooks stadium. They weren't doing that. You know, we used to be half empty by, by the second half. And the other thing I want to mention is Coastal Carolina is one of the biggest party schools in the nation. Top 25, top 30. First of all, you're supposed to have a lot of a lot of fans there at least because of the scene. Number one, number two, the fact that they are staying, and this is a huge party school. The fact that they're not saying, "Hey, let me get let me get prepared to go to Cooper Tab at 7 p.m." The fact that they're staying and they're watching your game that should be a blessing enough. That should be something that you should be grateful for and fight for. But you're not doing that, and I'm sorry, but. Going back to the whole Grayson McCall point, it seems like stuff doesn't work well. Grayson McCall gets sacked. He throws an interception, whatever the case might be. Curtis mentioned it. Nobody pats him on the head and goes, hey, we got you. Nobody tells you you got your back. He walks right by Tim Beck. He doesn't even look at him. And Tim Beck don't look at him either. You know what Tim Beck's doing? He's looking straight ahead. He looks like that. He looks like that's so Raven when she had a vision. He's literally just looking straight in, just staring like Taylor Swift is on the other sideline. And then he goes, <laughs> okay, back to what we're doing. Stop. Go, okay, go sit with your quarterback and go talk to him. Seriously, let him know that. you the quarterback whisperer, right? right? That's the whole thing, right? Hey, you're the quarterback whisperer. You know, you know, like, I mean, I guarantee you if we ask, um, help me out here, I think is um, the quarterback for North Carolina. Uh, Ryan North Finley. Carolina. Ryan Finley. I guarantee you if we ask, there was another one too, Larry? Larry, what the hell are you talking about? No, I don't remember. <laughs> anyway if you cut that out as far as the like north carolina state quarterback if you ask him i guarantee you he has, he's got nothing but good things to say about him. i i bet you any money the reason why they don't have a close relationship is because grayson mccall was expected to leave he was expected to leave he was expected to go to a different college a bigger one and he came back and this isn't the the relationship that he had in my opinion y'all can disagree but he it's clear to see that he don't have the relationship that he that he did with chadwell to me, that's the way it looks like to me. They don't have a great relationship. I'm not saying it's the worst. I'm not saying they're bitter enemies and they hate each other, but they don't have the relationship that him and Chadwell did. And I think it's time for them to start growing that, a relationship of their own because that's the only way that Grayson McCall is going to improve as a player. It seems like he's just down on himself. It seems like it, it seems like Grayson McCall at this point is is just like, like there's nothing really I can do, even though I'm more capable of more. There's just nothing I can do. I just keep getting sacked every single time. I just keep throwing picks. It seems like I can't get myself out of this funk, and I never will because I got nobody to help me get out of this funk. I'm sorry, but you know what? If a guy hits your, if a guy hits sticks your player, you know what? The defense should look at that and be like, "All right, we got your back." Next time we go on, next time they go on offense, say less. We won't do the same thing. If a guy starts chirping at your player, there should be two coastal guys over there chirping back at him and letting him know, "Look, we here all night." Yeah, and, and that's something that I think we haven't really addressed enough. And, and it, it doesn't really come up until a game like this where you're two and three now. And the Sunbelt odds are, I mean, almost astronomical for that to happen. And and even for that would assume we went out the rest of the year, right? So this guy comes back after three just incredible seasons. 
And everything that he's done in the last three years in like the eyes of the scouts, in terms of the national media, getting all the respect, he could have gone somewhere else in the system that was going to cater to him, whatever. He comes back, we're two and three, and I guarantee you every time he, he got hit, every time he throws a pick, he, yeah, he, he's going to tell you that's not true, obviously. He, he knows how to deal with those kinds of questions, but you got to know in the back of his mind. He's starting to think, and I probably, probably already think this was a mistake. And if you lose the the mind of your starting quarterback and he starts thinking that, I, I've got to think that that rubs off on the rest of the team. And those guys that decided to come back for their last season, a guy that, like, look, as much as we're going to criticize people, Jesus Christ, Sam Pickney is giving 100% every game out. He had 132 yards, eight catches, touchdown. Like, and to be fair, Jordan's stat should have hit because he got tackled at the one yard line and that would have been his second touchdown. So that guy is somebody that I have to commend and Braden Bennett as well. Those guys are giving a hundred percent and they deserve credit, but yet yeah, I, you got to think those questions are, are in the back of their heads. And they're doing what this whole team should look Sam, Sam Pickney hasn't been lights out every single game. Braden Bennett hasn't been lights out every single game, but you know what? When they have a bad game, guess what they do? They bounce back. They make the correction. They go out there and they correct it. That's why Sam Pickney had over 100 yards. You can even say the same thing about Jared Brown. Jared Brown. I saw that from Clayton Isbell this game, too. He he did drop one of those picks, but that guy was flying all over the field. He had a big game bound. That's another guy. Like Those are the guys we got to look at to be leaders the rest of the season they got it i don't know if they're vocal leaders um i know sam's not but he's working on it those guys have got to step up those guys are the guys we need to be looking at and those are the examples for what this team needs to be especially mentality wise the rest of the years those three right and like and guys like michael mason too like it seems like every single time he's there just trying to chase after that quarterback there are guys on this team who actually care who actually show passion who actually show effort but it it just seems like 75 85 percent of this team just does it and it's hard to get out of a funk when after every mistake, you just sit on the bench and nobody does anything to fix it. So it's time for this team to start caring. It's time for this team to start it, to start backing up what they say. It's time for them to stop flapping their gums and it's time for them to start showing it on the field. Well, and, and, and I want to go back to something and you mentioned it again there that like it doesn't seem like McCall has a relationship with anybody on the coaching staff, which is weird. Like, why did you decide to come back? What, what magic did Tim Beck whisper in your ear to get you back here? And now like you guys don't talk at all. It was, it was so common for Jamie Chadwell and Grayson McCall after a drive to go and figure out like, Hey, this is working. This isn't like you would see them on the sidelines, literally game planning the next drive or, if if it was a fiery if 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 Chadwell pulled Grayson McCall off the field on a fourth down to kick a field goal or a punt or whatever, they would fight on the sidelines. You would they would you could see Grayson rip his helmet. Remember on that the start. Buffalo game a couple years ago yes. when he like waved him off and he was like kidding me. They kicked the field goal. Yes, and, and like there's none of that. And, and I don't know if it's a passion thing. I don't know if it's a they don't care thing or if it's a relationship thing. I, I don't know, but it seems like we keep rinse and repeat the same plays and same shit over and over and over again. And, and to me, like, if it's not working, 
you make a change. You have an argument on the sidelines. You you have the guy that is the three-time reigning Sunbelt player of the year should be his own goddamn offensive coordinator. Like, why, why is he not fighting with Travis Trickett and Tim Beck every drive after an interception, every drive that doesn't end in a touchdown? Right. There's you know, none he, of you know he's a winner and he cares. This is killing him. So that I trust him more than I trust his coaching staff in that regard. What are they saying in terms of, oh, our system, our system that is diminishing what he's able to do in this offense with creativity? Yeah. And, and listen, there were a ton of detractors at the beginning of the season that we silenced, that we ignored, that we were pissed off at that said, hey, it wasn't. Grayson McCall, it was Chadwell. It was the system that he was running. It was the offense that they had going. That's why he was the three-time Sunbelt Player of the Year. And we said, yes, that was a major factor, but he is talented. He's got the arm talent. He's got the ability to read a defense. He's got, you know, the mobility to avoid a sack, and he can do these things. He's talented enough to win a fourth without Chadwell. And they're not using his mobility at all. No, God, no. And, like, I don't know if it's because the players around him are not what he expected or if it's, you know, a disappointment with not ending up at Auburn or Notre Dame, like it was thrown around. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but something is off with 10. Something is off with this coaching staff and it's playing out on the field in the most dire of situations. Coastal Carolina should be winning the Sunbelt East in a walk. This is the most talented team that Coastal Carolina has ever had. They were Sunbelt champions in 2020. They represented the Sunbelt East in 2022. And this year, they're not going to make a bowl game. And, And definitively, right now, if you went man for man on that 2020 roster and on that 2022 roster, the 2023 roster would win 90% of those battles. You can make a lot of arguments for the offensive line being different. Some of the safeties, like the little fringe players, right? Like not that the offensive line is fringe, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like the weakest members of the 2023 roster could be replaced by the best cream of the crop members of the 2022, 2022 roster. But overall across the board, this is the most talented team and they're not going to play in a bowl game this year. I can guarantee it. Right now, make that bet in Vegas. I know it's probably not an option unless if your bookie is absolutely insane, but they're not going to play in a bowl game this year. And that is so disappointing. That is so unacceptable. That is so ridiculous that there's there's just no excuse. There's no excuse for it. So I think that's enough of ranting and raving. Um, listen, I hope Coastal Carolina proves me wrong and ends up the season nine and three. But we'll see. Um, You know, App State this coming week on a Tuesday. Well, not this coming week. It's weird how they do the schedule. But essentially, our next game is is Tuesday. Um, Not this coming one, but the next one. I hate Tuesday nights. I hate them when they're in Boone. (laughs) Good Lord. We're going to have some content coming out. I know that's weird scheduling for everyone, and that throws off our schedule that we've gotten pretty good at meeting lately, which is a surprise for the Sean show. So uh, a little bit of credit for us for getting a little bit more consistent, but 
Um, keep a lookout on Twitter. Uh, constantly refresh your feed because because we'll have some episodes coming out this week, trying to figure some things out and and uh, figure out what content we're going to put out for you. So so that'll always be out. So follow us on Twitter or X at the Shant Show on Instagram at Shant Show. Um, let us know where you guys are at. We'll post uh, with this episode, you know, kind of a debriefing, if you will. Just yeah, let us know where your thoughts are. Yeah, just let us know where your thoughts are, what are the thoughts of the fan base moving forward. And um, I'm, I'm going to put on the Spotify, you can always ask a question, and I, I never change the question. It's always just, what do you think of this episode? But if you listen to us on Spotify, I'm going to actually change that question this time, um, and I'm going to change it to a poll that just says, how many wins do you think Coastal finishes with? So um, make sure after you listen to the episode that you answer that poll and let us know um, where the fan base is at. So as always, Sean's up. Firecliff Ellis, we're almost, almost, almost to fire Tim Beck season. I know it's five games in, but get your shit straight, man. You can't, you can't roll around like this. This has to be better. <sighs> Anderson, new football coach and men's basketball coach and women's basketball coach. Yeah, I'm down. Look, I'm going to be get honest. All out of here. I'm gonna be honest. Look, nothing's been working. I I low key want to see. I low key want to see both those coaches that switch. You know what? Tell Tim Beck to go coach the basketball team, and tell Cliff Jesus Ellis to go co- coach the football team. I want no. some entertainment. No, we don't need. We don't need to be running an offense from the 1910s. I'm okay. I'm okay with not running the wing tee. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we'll see you this week with some more content and uh, a pregame episode for App State. We'll uh, follow very shortly after. So, shots up. Shots up.